When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sports Day for Kia. The award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's large SUV. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer. Welcome back to Sports Day on this Wednesday evening. Great to have your company. Jimmy Williams filling in for Peter Vlahos right here on Sports Day WA. You can get involved on the temperate bedshed text 0487 736 736 or call 13 12 55. Kia, the award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento. And we do it all for Toolmart. Get the right tool from the start. Tonight we're asking, or I'm asking, who's going to slide up the AFL ladder? Well, go up the AFL letter, and who's going to slide down? We've had a text from Mike in Palmyra. Jimmy, slider will be St Kilda with Ross and an injured Max King up forward. I think Gold Coast will improve and maybe just slide into the eight. Good on you, Mike, from Palmyra. Appreciate you getting involved, and you can too anytime. The temper at Bedshare text 0487 736 736. Let's head over to Melbourne, a man that loves his footy, He's one of the best in the game. He's an emerging young star of the Australian meet. I was lucky enough to work with him back at Channel 9 Perth. He's gone home. He's back working for Nine News Melbourne. It's a very good evening to Joshua Dor. Hello, Josh. Hello, Jimmy. Thanks for having me, mate. Great to be chatting with you on this beautiful evening with uh, the footy just around the corner. It doesn't get much better, eh? Mate, 15 sleeps away from the real Ooh. stuff, but we've had... One weekend of uh, of action, and we've got another few games for the official preseason games this weekend. We'll get to that in a moment. But you were at St Kilda today, and I'm not bringing up St Kilda, Josh, because people know <laughs> that maybe I'm a St Kilda person. But they spoke today, a couple of their stars. Have you got updates on Tim Membry and Max King by any chance? I do, Jimmy, uh, and it's a very important story, really, not just if you're a St Kilda fan, but talking a lot about the movers and sliders and St Kilda are a team that fall very much in the middle um, mm. and then it's going to be really dependent on these two men and, and particularly uh, at this early stage, I mean, we know Max King is still a little bit away and I'll get to him in a sec, but Tim Embry, he's really the main one and we're talking about round one, which um, as you touched on is, is not not too far away. The Saints open it up against the Dockers in 18 days' time uh, and Membry is really touch and go um, you'll remember he had knee surgery a couple of weeks ago mm. on a little mishap that, that came up during training and it was a real blow to Ross Lyon, given he's already, as we, as we touched on, without Max King for at least the first month of football. Um, but he's tracking pretty slowly at this stage. He, he's still yet to join main training. Um, he got back into some running this week. He's been doing some some weight work upper body-wise. But um, as I said, he's not yet to transition back into the main group. So... Uh, obviously won't be taking any part in the Saints scratch match against Essendon on Friday mm-hmm. um, and is certainly pushing it a little bit uphill to, to get back for round one. So that's a watch and act. As for King, though, there is a bit of a, a silver lining, I guess, to his recovery. He's not 
putting a timeline on his return. At this stage, it's sort of been flagged around round seven, round eight, best possible case scenario for him, of course, coming back from a shoulder reconstruction. But he's actually said today that he's been putting on some size and you can actually notice it in the press conference. He looked a bit bigger around the legs and the waist. So he's been in the gym, obviously unable to do a lot of work upper body. So his focus has been on the lower half and um, he has put on a bit of size, put on a few kilos. So he's hopeful that when he does come back, he'll be, a little bit more powerful, a little bit stronger. We know at times last year, obviously being the, the, the one-out target for the Saints, that he, he was sort of worked off the ball at times, two-on-one, and, yeah. and had a real tough time there. So he's obviously made that a focus of his pre-season. So obviously at this stage, uh, both men are a chance to miss round one. Obviously definitely King and, and Memory at this stage. So what does it mean for the Saints? Well, they played a really interesting sort of look in, in the unofficial practice match against Melbourne last week. They had... Uh, Dougal Howard and Zane Cordy both rotating through the forward line at times. Now, of course, neither guys have played a lot of time up forward. Cordy <laughs> feel a little bit at his, his time at the Bulldogs, but Dougal Howard um, certainly a position that's a bit unfamiliar to him. And you could tell in that practice match they struggled to contest, albeit against you know the likes of Stephen May and Jake Lever. It's a tough task for any forward, let alone a defender. But um, trying to bring the ball to ground, trying to get these smalls involved, that's going to be the game plan for them. Look, it's, it's a challenge and it's... It's going to be a real tough ask for Ross without these guys, particularly if memory does drag on a little bit longer into the start of the year. Um, but even when he returns, you know, he, he's not a key forward or a, a, as in a, as in a one out sole key target. Man. Yeah, he's he's yep. going to need some help. So there's a bit of a headache for Ross Lyon early days, and it's, it, it might play into a bit of those those sliders and movers, but um, certainly a chance for a couple of defenders to to potentially turn into some swing men. So it's going to be really interesting to see what they do on Rabbit. It's, it's a big ass for Ross and he's, uh, he's got an early challenge, that's for sure, to start the year. What did you notice, Josh, about the vibe of the club? 150 years, their anniversary this year for the mm. Saints. One flag in 150 years. Of course, Ross Lyon comes back into the football club and a lot's been made about these injuries in the preseason. Is there, is there a good vibe down there? And, and I suppose the second part of my question is, did you get a chance to watch training today or was it just King and Membry speaking to the press? Yeah, in terms of the vibe, there's a lot of excitement about 150th year, of course. And I think, uh, as you would attest to, Jimmy, if, if there was ever a, a group of fans that uh, <laughs> were more uh, solid and determined and, and had stuck by their club for longer, I don't, I don't think you could find a group that has been more resilient than secure defence, given that lack of success and given the trying times they've been through. Um, they've, they've sort of launched their 150th campaign today they've put the focus on some of those fans there's a great video um online of the likes of nick rewalt and lenny hayes and, and tim member as well uh, uh pumping up some of their heroes being just the everyday fan or the everyday person around the club so look, they're trying to really give back to those fans that have given them a lot of support in terms of on the field look there's, i mean there's a lot of excitement about what ross Lyon's trying to do it depends who you're asked there's obviously a couple of secure fans that are a bit hesitant about ross being back at the club and, and what he's going to bring, uh, you know, 10 years apart from his time there. But there's one thing you can't say about the Saints is, 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 there, is there certainly, it's not like they're not fit. They are they are really running across the ground really well. Um, guys like Wayne Ganeen Miller, guys like Windhager have had a really strong pre-seasons. Brad Hill looks as, as fit as ever. So they're certainly going to test teams with their run. The question is going to be their skill. And, and, and I have watched a fair bit of their pre-season sessions over the last couple of weeks. And it's just the little things that the kicks outside 50, just little targets that get missed sometimes. So, um, you know, Ross has really said from the start that he wants them to take the game on and, and, and be a, a running side. And he's going to lean into that fitness. 
the question for them is going to be that execution piece. And um, we've got plenty of quality through the midfield, but um, it's probably just uh, around the fringes at times that they've got some guys that just need to be able to use the ball a little bit better. So that's going to be the test for them. But in saying that, I think they're going to certainly surprise some teams with uh, their speed and, and their fitness. And I think that'll hold them in good stead, particularly at the start of the year, um, against a couple of these teams that, that are sort of just going to be working their way out as well, which they, they face early on. Do you think they can play finals, Josh? It's a big ask, and and yeah. and yeah. talking about the, the the movers and the sliders of the year, I, I probably do have them as my slider. I mean, you look mm. at last year, eleven wins uh, really fell off the back part. Um, I struggle to see right now them getting to that point again, particularly without King, and and that's and that's the challenge. I mean, you start the year only needs to be one and five or, or two and six, and you're already on on the uh, on the edge. Uh, I, and I don't think there is a big expectation internally that they have to make finals for this to be a successful year. I mean, Ross has been given three years to turn it around, but in saying that, he's, he's, he's not come in to do a rebuild. He's not a rebuild coach. So that they're certainly going to want some success, but their list profile at the moment, we know they went hard on to Goey and missed out in the off-season. They know they're missing a couple of pieces through there. The challenge is, is whether they can match what they did last year, even as a base. And, and I think even that would be a bit of a stretch. So, um, it's going to be an uphill battle to start the year, and I think that just might have them off on the wrong foot, uh, particularly with a couple of the other clubs that are, that are certainly looking to push up into the eight. Enough about the Saints, JD. Let's get stuck into the Hawks and Pies. They've named their squads for tomorrow night's clash, and the Pies uh, fans will be certainly having a great big look at ex-Hawk Tom Mitchell. Yeah, there's a really good chance for a couple of these new recruits to, to put their name up in lights and, and lock in around one spot. Um, they flew out to Tassie this afternoon. The only man really that wasn't on the plane was Braden Maynard, who uh, copped a little cut to his leg against Carlton uh, last week, uh, which has uh, managed to get infected. So the club just keeping uh, that uh, as a precaution, keeping him home. Uh, on the flip side, they've got, as I said, a, a pretty much a full-strength side. Uh, Bobby Hill in the team, of course. Uh, he's the front-runner to take Jack Ginnivan's spot, uh, who will be out for those first two matches. Billy Frampton's one who has really caught a lot of eyes over here in the off-season. Mm-hmm. Uh, come across from Adelaide, been a bit of a swingman throughout his career, but he's really locked down a spot in defence alongside Darcy Moore and Jeremy Howe and um, really impressed with some of his intercept marking uh, and ball use as well too. So he gets his chance to, to nail down a round one spot. Really interesting thing with the Pies though, and you mentioned Tom Mitchell there, is, is how they sort of squeeze all these names into the midfield. Yeah. Um, we know that... They struggled at times, contested last year in, in the centre, and so they've brought in Mitchell to, to help Taylor Adams with that aspect. But, uh, you know, he's not necessarily, and notoriously through his career, a speed player. So the challenge for them is to not get too one-paced, and hence they're looking to bring Nick Dacos, of course, through, who's uh, been the star of pre-season Olympic Park. He's made that transition into the midfield seamlessly, um, able to hit the scoreboard still as well, which is really exciting. So they've got a lot of pieces now. Jack Crisp, too, who floats across half-back in midfield. I'd expect Scott Pendlebury to, to play a more permanent role in defence this year. So how they how they squeeze all those pieces in is going to be uh, really interesting. Uh, they take on a Hawthorne side who were a bit battered and bruised uh, from their uh, unofficial scratch match against Geelong. They got belted down there at the Cattery. They get back a couple of experienced players in Luke Bruce and, and Chankwath Jaff, um, which will be handy for them. But the challenge for them is it's not really going to be about wins and losses this year. It's about getting... Now, some games and some time into into these young kids. Cam McKenzie, um, their top draft pick, he comes into the side as well too. Uh, really good ball user who's impressed with the preseason and is a good chance for round one. Uh, they've got a couple of players missing up forward. So again, there's opportunity there 
Um, but they'll certainly be wanting to put on just a little bit of a better show just to just to get their fans a little bit more excited for round one. But I think the Pies will really look to put the foot down and, and they're going to be an interesting one to watch to see if uh, they can back up, of course, their uh, heroics, really, of, of last year's campaign. Yeah, I said it at the top of the show, Josh. I, I just think, I think they're a good side, Collingwood, but I'm not sure if you flip those uh, results. I think it was 10 games under mm. 12 points in 2022. Like, they're not going to finish top four. They might slip a little bit down the ladder. That's just my opinion, and you're welcome to yours. 13, 12, 55, or text the temperate bedshed text line 0487 736 736. We are asking tonight for your biggest improver and biggest slider in the AFL season, which starts in 15 sleeps. Can't wait. Josh Dorr from Channel 9 is with us. Just before I let you go, Josh, Brisbane's captaincy announcement today, former Dockers star Lockie Neal and Harris Andrews to be co-captains in 2023. Wasn't really a massive surprise. Are you a fan of co-captains? I'm personally not. It's uh, it's it's. I'm a traditionalist, and I like the idea of of one bloke being backed in to, to take the role. Um, but I think in this case there was probably a clear argument uh, to go down the path. I mean, Harris Andrews uh, probably around a lot of Brisbane supporters was was the clear cut man to take the job, given he's been the vice captain for the best part of five years and. And obviously Neil, um, as, as we as we well know, had that much um, reported uh, temptation to, to almost move back to Ferro last year. So um, he's obviously stuck fat with the club now, and, and he's, is now their skipper. So um, he's got to you know continue to, to repay them as, as the Lions look to to move forward and, and and take that next leap into a grand final and, and obviously in towards a premiership this year, which they're certainly capable to do. Um, the interesting thing really about today's announcement was was buried. A little bit further down the press release was a two-year <laughs> contract extension to Chris Fagan, yeah. uh, the coach. And, of course, um, you know, there's all the um, uh, ongoing investigations surrounding the Hawthorne uh, racism allegations that will continue, as we as we understand, to linger throughout the best part of this season. But, um, you know, the Lions have really backed him in. And, you, and I guess, you know, you can't deny what he's been able to do over the last four seasons, four consecutive seasons now, pushing deep into the finals and was out of contract at the end of this year. So uh, it would have been a, a fair bit of pressure, I guess, on him, given the expectation is, of course, for Brisbane to, to make that leap and, and, and win a premiership this year. So uh, they've backed him in, um, which is a big move, given, I guess, the uncertainty surrounding what's going to be happening this year. But that'll be a lot of confidence for Fagan and, and the players. And, um, you know, talking about movers, I mean, yeah, Brisbane, they look the real deal. Will Ashcroft, all the news coming out of him is that he's had a fantastic pre-season, as yep. well as Josh Dunkley, who's gone up there. So um, they take on Geelong tomorrow night. That'll be an absolute uh, mouth-watering practice match. Uh, two teams pretty much at full strength. The Cats have rested Jeremy Cameron and Isaac Smith, but uh, I've got plenty of stars. So uh, that'll be a really good watch and, and, a, and a good way to, to see just how these sides might shake out in the early parts of the year. All right, Josh, 15 sleeps till round one. Who do you think is going to be the biggest riser and the biggest slider for 2023? Well, I think I touched on my slider a little bit earlier, yep. and not to not to dampen your show, Jimmy, <laughs> so I won't go back on it um, with the Saints. But in terms of a riser, I mean, look, there's a, there's a lot of clubs that are going to perform better. You think um, certainly West Coast are going to go better, and everyone expects Carlton to to make that jump into finals as well as I do, and, and they could go really high. But for me, um, the club that's really impressed me this off season is, has been the Doggies, and and you know they did make finals last year, albeit only only just scraping in and. Uh, and lost that first elimination final to Fremantle. But um, they've had a, a fantastic pre-season. And, and the thing for me at this stage is, is the 
is their fit. They've got all their guys sort of back at the right time. Uh, Adam Trelaw, Bailey Smith got some minutes in the in the practice match over the weekend. Uh, Tim English, I mean, if he isn't already, he could well and truly end the year as, as the best ruckman in the competition. Uh, the, the, the challenge for them is, is figuring out how to squeeze all these talented forwards into the one forward line. Uh, Aaron Norton, Jamar Eugle Hagen, Rory Lobb and Sam Darcy all played in the front half uh, on the weekend. So it'll be interesting to see how they uh, roll them out uh, in this upcoming game against North Melbourne on Saturday. But um, Luke Beveridge, he appears relaxed. He's got that big new contract, which has uh, backed him in. Uh, and I, I just think there's a bit of um, fire in their belly after last year. I mean, grand finalists a couple of years ago um, were only a half a footy away, really, from, from lifting the Premiership Cup. So for me, uh, the Doggies are a team that are certainly going to feature in finals. And, and, and if they can get that forward line right, they're going to be a real threat to a lot of teams, I think, um, come the pointy end of the year. Josh, really appreciate your time this evening. Uh, I know you're going to be a busy man through the AFL season, but hope to do it again soon. Take care. Anytime, Jimmy. Great to chat. Josh Daw from Channel 9 News Melbourne there absolutely loves his footy. He's going to have a massive 2023. And there you have it. He thinks the dogs can get back to competing for the premiership in 2023, going to rise up the ladder. And he thinks... It could be a little bit grim for St Kilda fans for the season, which starts in 15 sleeps. Can't wait. Turning our attention quickly to cricket. Australia, one for 96 after 29 overs in the third session. India, all out already today for 107. A remarkable day of test cricket in India and plenty of uh, ex-Australian greats are having a crack at the Indian groundskeepers saying the wicket's not up to standard. Um, the umpiring's not up to standard. There was five mistakes by one umpire in the first uh, session and 30 minutes. Five errors. It was quite remarkable, uh, really. Um, but anyway, Australia, uh, if you missed it, they effectively, well, they almost took a wicket on the first ball of the innings. Mitch Stark actually schnicked up Rohit Sharma. They didn't. Although they did appeal, they didn't actually send it upstairs. Umpire gave it not out. Sharma didn't leave the crease and he wasn't out, even though Schnicko showed that he hit it. Anyway, we'll bring you up to date with the cricket over the next course of the week. Of course, you can hear it all on SEN here by switching stations to SENWA and a variety of other stations. But you're on SEN track with me, Jimmy Williams, filling in for Pete Vlahos tonight on Sports Day WA. Coming up next, we'll check in with two-time Premiership star Aaron Black. He's the co-captain of the West Perth Footy Club.